In April of 2023, the second in a historic series of UFO hearings occurred on the floor of Congress. Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, representing the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or ARO, gave an update on the progress this newly formed office has made thus far. While the amount of cases the office is investigating grew significantly from 510 to 650 cases, Dr. Kirkpatrick claimed their efforts to resolve these sightings have been hampered by a lack of data. And although many cases remain unresolved, Dr. Kirkpatrick made the claim there was no conclusive evidence of otherworldly technology among the cases Arrow is investigating. Join us as we discuss. Hey everyone, welcome to the 14 Wins Podcast. This is Bones and uh, we have Romex here with us, of course. Hey everyone. Uh, that was a great intro. Uh, we are going to get into uh, the change of view from the federal government on the topic of UAPs and uh, the hearings uh, they've had and uh, the ones they plan to have very soon, right? Yeah, this next one should be really cool. That what the talk is now is that they're going to have pilots and experiencers and people on the floor who've come in close contact with these things, and they're going to not have the Department of Defense in the room. And, ah, so and that's important. That's important because the public, if that all happens, the public this summer will be hearing firsthand on the con- floor of Congress from people right. who've come into had a close encounter right and that's basically like so they can speak more freely and not have a presence there that you know they might see as their superior yeah and can stomp them down anything they say so yeah it's it's big I, I, there's a it's a huge change uh what's the the timeline is is crazy because they had that uh hearing congressional hearing uh just um in may of two, uh, 2022 and then that was like, uh, was it 50 years since the last one, which was 1970? Right. So, so things are changing fast. Things are changing fast. And what I think we would most like to tell you is that these UFO hearings are somewhat performative. Right. So they're, everyone in that room, including the Department of Defense and most of Congress, some of them who've taken an interest... And then some of them have just been shown information. There's right, been disclosures sure. to, to Congress already. So the the Gang of Eight is a is an intelligence uh, committee in the, in the in Congress, and they are the ones who pretty much get to see everything, and they they have to make some really big decisions about our defense. And the Gang of Eight has already said that they have seen lots and lots of footage. Okay, wow. And they said that the footage that they've seen made them believe that this was not human. So they've already seen that. And then there have been other members of Congress who said this. Representative Tim Burchett said that he he had seen this. Matt Gates had said that he, he had seen this. So there have been other members of Congress who have also seen the video. And there's a lot of talk about video in, in this world. And I'm like, I do not understand it. Someone has to explain to me why more video is really going to help. But it right, will. Right. I, 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 some, I, I just don't understand the societal mechanism here, but it will. Like People want more video. The reason I don't really understand it at all is that there are hours of good footage in the public. There are hours of footage where investigators have gone and talked to the witnesses, had, had the, the video reviewed by forensic video analysts, 
and it holds up. And you see an orb flying around, just like Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick showed you at that, at that UFO hearing. What does it tell you? Yeah, it tells you we don't understand 99% of what's going on, basically. Right. <laughs> and they're acting like they're hearing it for the first time. Or this conversation right. is happening for the first time. And as you just pointed out, the last UFO hearing was 50 years ago. Right. They haven't once mentioned Project Blue Book. Right. That was their project. And I, so this this is really important to understanding all of this. Because these UFO hearings, we're going to talk about like what's happening with the government and, and this this what's what's really happening. And let me just cut through it and give you the quick summary. Is that... They have crafts and bodies. They have material evidence, okay? The DOD knows that. Department of Defense knows that. The CIA knows that. There's parts of them, right? Parts of the FAA know this, okay? But you can't keep a conspiracy like this hidden, even as well as they have. I would say there's plenty of evidence out there, but as well as they have, and they have done a pretty bang-up job of keeping this at least out of our level of belief, and, and you can't do that. But it's a very small group of people that have this information. That information right. is now more widely known throughout the government. NASA just did a press conference, you know, and I don't know when this will air, but to us that was two days ago. So NASA just did, did a press conference about UFOs. One of the first things that they said was, Ninety-five percent of UFO sightings are misidentifications. Great. Oh, okay. Here's my problem with that, because Kirkpatrick said the same thing. Number one, that's true. Number two, they're no longer UFOs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you identified them. Take them right. off the freaking list. <laughs> Therefore, the percentage that I'm talking about is the 100% of unidentifieds. Sure. That's, That's what we're what talking we've about. we've always been asking about. And if you want to make this ridiculous statement of 95% of UFO uh, mis- sightings or misidentifications, then great. The follow-up question is, what is the freaking 5% genius that's right, what we've right. all been asking. That's all we're talking about here. Like, right. And if, if 14 wins, like, we're, we're not, we don't have to hide it. We don't have to pretend like, oh, you know, what I'm really doing is studying some sort of white anomalous nature object. That, no, dude, what we're talking about is intelligently moving craft, you know, right. that have been seen right. for over 100 years. Like, that's what we're talking about. Right. And the fact that we have to keep telling them that is, is ridiculous, right? It's part of the misidentification and part of the gaslighting. They're, they're well aware what we're asking, and they're well aware what we're talking about. And you could see that some people in Congress, like Senator Gildebrand, were frustrated. She was frustrated by that hearing because she knows everything that we've been talking about. Right. They know ev- everything on 14 Winds. The, the name that they call us now is, uh, for people like you and I is open source analysts. Okay. That's a much better name than what they used to call us. Right, right, sure. I won't say what those names are. <laughs> but uh, 
Open source analysts I like. Let's call us that. We deal with publicly available information. If we think we find something that shouldn't be public or isn't public, like, and we, we don't, certainly don't go looking in anywhere we shouldn't, but you know, if that if that ever shows up, you know, maybe we see it on social media, we would rather find a public source to to corroborate it, right? That we can share with you, because just like we talked on the the last show about conmen, it's really about the evidence. And your theory can be a theory. We, I want to hear it, but it's got to be based on evidence for anything, right? Right? For right. it to be based on anything. I mean, so you're always going to have the naysayers, um, but you know, you could you could tell that things are changing because they they had. I mean, you talked about the conmen. You talked about people who were in cahoots with the CIA just to to, to muddy waters, to muddy the waters. You know, uh, spread confusion on the topic, but. But that last hearing, uh, they, from what I remember, they based they had that hearing because there were over a hundred sightings in just the previous year, and so it's 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 they're getting overwhelmed. Maybe they're just the confusion's getting so high. They're like, okay, we have to talk about this publicly because everyone's confused and and we just don't know what it is. So, yeah, that's a, what what this is one of those things. Good lead in because this is I'm going to I'm going to tell you based on the evidence. I think that this is true. A number of people have said this, including the whistleblowers like Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, have, have said that there's another they're on one side of this fight and there is another side in the government that wants to keep this secret. So okay. just like we've been talking about information analysis I have been doing some of this information analysis with my uncle who's very interested in what's going on in the uh, Ukraine war. And I, I said, okay, like, let's take a look at your information and let's see how it plays out. Unfortunately, we can't do anything but sit here, but see how it plays out. If your information is correct, we, we would expect it to play out this way. If All your right. information is incorrect, we would expect it to play out this way. We can test it. Sure. And we did that, right? And And... I think what we found out is Russian propaganda is lying. Um, yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, but it was a good exercise, right? And we can do the same thing here. What we can do is say, are Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo telling the truth? Is there one faction in the government that's pushing for disclosure and another is not? Based on all of the evidence, what they're saying is true. I would say that there is clearly one faction that is trying to stuff this back into the bottle and one faction that's trying to bring it out. And we're watching that happen during these UFO hearings. Hmm. So that's the performative. That's the performative aspect of it. And who holds the keys to that information? So if everyone, if everyone knows it and half of them want to tell us the other half don't, who gets to decide, right? Right. Right. That's very important because when it comes to the Department of Defense, it's Congress that, that ultimately has oversight through what they call the power of the purse. Congress right. decides on the Department of Defense's budget. So when they want to, this is why Department of Defense kind of has to play ball with Congress. And the Congress has leverage here because at some point they could say, hey, we're going to pull your funding unless you tell us. That's why they've already come clean about a lot of this stuff with Congress. Now, okay. They're saying, well, we don't want to tell everybody everything. There's another group here that really is holding, I think, again, 
this is this is my analysis. The CIA is is really holding on to this information, hmm. as it should be, probably. Like you know, this is probably where it should go. It's I suppose that's what they do. It's what they do. <laughs> A part of what they do. Yeah. But then they, as I've mentioned, they've run misinformation and disinformation campaigns right. on the American public. So how far does this really need to go? Is that right. really necessary? I mean, how long can you really sustain this? There's clearly people there that are holding on to something they can't hold on to for much longer. CIA does not report to Congress. Right. They report in to the executive, ultimately to the executive branch. So right. they don't rely on Congress for their budget. When when Congress says, we want to tell people the truth, they're going to have to get buy-off from, first they're going to have to get it unclass, declassified through the DOD, and then they're going to have to get buy-off from the CIA. Ultimately, the president. Right. So... That brings us to the to the next big tidbit of juicy gossip that's happening, which is that the big push from this team and all of the inform all the evidence matches the information. The big push from Chris Mellon being the I think the most visible and powerful face of this movement, but there's clearly people behind him, is to put the UFO disclosure issue into the twenty twenty four election campaign. Oh, interesting. And it very much looks like that's working. Oh, man. But I'd like that's to point gonna out, that's gonna, that relies on us too, right? Like we, right, have to, right? we have to back that play in the public. Right. So we talked about identifying con artists and people on the, the other side. People stalking these whistleblowers on Twitter and trying to make them look bad clearly right. look like they're on the other side. Right, right. There's always going to be that now. Yep. Um, now that that's a really uh, you know it's a pretty powerful topic there. It it, uh, it instantly reminds me of uh, Jimmy Carter, who was I believe the first president to ch- try to use U- the UFO topic as an actual campaign issue. Is that correct? Yeah, I think he might be the first. Uh, you know, he he so he witnessed a UFO uh, as a governor, and there's a new book about this that's causing a lot of stir. Um, President Carter and UFOs, and he he witnessed a uh, a UFO as a governor, and then he said, "Okay, I'm going to make this part of my campaign that UFO disclosure should finally happen." Right. And then, as the tale goes, he 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 wasn't able to really get the government to give up this information. So, not even a president, you know, had the ability. To really right. get there. I think Bill Clinton mentioned this too. Like he didn't, he tried, he said. And then Hillary Clinton was saying that she was going to try to make this part of her campaign. And then a bunch of stuff came out in her emails, which were a big deal about UFOs. And um, it involved the rock star Tom DeLong and John Podesta and all that stuff. Like, so. Oh, Yeah. So huh. they were planning, it looked like they were planning some kind of disclosure at that point, too. But with Carter, he ended up, as the as the story goes, and, and, and I hear, heard it from so many sources, I, I think it's likely true. Uh, he ends up getting the, the document, finally, 
because I, I guess they all get some readout on this. And in you know, side note, Mikhail Gorbachev from the from USSR said that the premier of Russia also gets a readout on this and carries mm. around information related to this as well as nukes. You know, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So he get he, Carter got his readout on the UFO phenomenon, and it's important to note that Carter was a devout Protestant fundamentalist Christian. Right, right. So imagine what this would do to your worldview, even if it was ETs. It, ETs aren't written about in the Bible, so if you thought that's all the all all there was that existed, and then this hits you, it, it, it's a big shakeup. Yeah. But if it's anything close to what we're talking about on 14 Winds, and we're pretty sure it is, um, you know, it gets a lot bigger than that. So whatever it was, it was a shakeup. And I I still, for what it's worth, I I, I don't want to get into this right now, but I think people can still have faith and and all of this stuff be true. So it it shook him. And Carter uh, started crying. So, well, and... uh, the book makes it clear. He didn't say he started crying. He said he came back in. The, 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 the person who had gave him the document came back in to get the document. And he was, the tears were in his eyes. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So it shook him. Um, yeah. And then that now he's so coy about it. He won't really talk about it. Um, kind of hmm. acts like, oh, yeah, that was never a big part of my campaign like he probably regrets it i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure he got that document right right we whatever it was it was somber Um, right i don't know i think that there's also that that's a good lead-in because what's what's ending up happening through these ufo hearings is a disclosure so right when Kirkpatrick came in, one of the things that he said that really got my goat was, was oh, this won't happen through blogs and social medias, and, and it will happen through scientific papers. And I was like, dude, first of all, you know, scientific papers require a hypothesis, experimentation, a conclusion, you know, results like an event does not. Right. There's a type of a scientific paper called a brief report, which could cover an event, but an event does not. Someone witnessing something does not. If you have a if you have a theory on what this is, it belongs in a paper. Right. And that's where we've been all this time. We're getting back to the podcast, but we've been working on a freaking paper this whole time for peer review. Like, so I get it, but. Anywhere, like, you don't need a paper for an event. Like, right. That's stupid. And he knows that. You know, he, he, it was an attempt. It was, it, was a, it was a crappy, scholarly, elitist, aristocratic attempt to throw cold water on the subject. Right, right. And, and you could see, I, or at least I thought I saw Gillibrand visibly annoyed by that. And then he, he, you know, he, he has to go into the whole misidentification thing, which I'm like, well, we've, oh, we've already covered that, bro. Um, right. And then he said something very interesting. He says, and we have not encountered objects that cannot defy the laws of known physics. We which, have not? Yeah, yeah. In his study. 
Huh. And then he proceeds to show a video of an orb flying with no visible means of propulsion, <laughs> no combustion okay. flying out of it. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, well, can I think of ways you could make that orb do that? Sure. Right. You could too, right, Bones? You're, 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 sure. you're very familiar with drone tech, right? Like, we could figure that out. Yeah. Magnets. Right. Right? Like, so he's playing games with this. Right, right, You right. know, like, he's playing games with this idea. Oh, yeah. It's, and that's the performative side of it all. And, but, and, you know, completely uh, ignoring the fact that, you know, the reason the sample size is getting, is getting bigger too so and it seems to be happening quicker or, or we're just finding them uh easier i don't i don't know what what the deal is but there is a reason for these hearings there really is and it's it's because this stuff is happening more often or these and if it's related to if it's uh, we don't know uh when we, i'm saying this stuff it's really general yeah. but uh we're, we're talking about these uaps that have that uh, can it kind of come and go. Um, airline, uh, Air Force pilots are seeing it. Enough people have seen it. There's there's a sample size that's growing fast, and it needs it needs to be out in the public so we can just figure out what the heck it is. That's right. And absolutely, our our paper corroborated that. So you know, right. we'll see. It, it, you know, it'll come out for peer review, and and people can make of it what they want. But right. this paper, you know, involved cryptid sightings. And those cryptid sightings are, which are, you know, in our view, the ones we're interested in are UFO related. And those cryptid sightings are increasing by every measure. Right. And we tried to remove for the fact that information is more accessible now. Right. So, you know, we can all, you, you see a huge rise in reports, paranormal reports and UFO reports as soon as the internet gets going. Right. But you know what? I would uh, like to leave everyone with a, with an interesting thought, uh, which is this reporting has become easier for us. This phenomenon seems very aware of us. Right. So it seems to be aware that we're able to record it because it can change our technology in very unique and sophisticated ways. So I, I, I would guess that it's, it can see our data. Um, right. If it can go in there and scrub a picture, which we've found instances, scrub one picture off of somebody's camera, hmm. uh, phone camera, like if, if it can do that, then, um, you know, it can probably look at our data. So it's aware of what we're doing. And one thing that we should all consider when it comes to this disclosure event is how is the other side going to react? We don't really know what this phenomenon is. It's clearly wanted to stay hidden. The government's gone, all the world governments have gone along with that because why would you want to admit that there's something out there that you can't explain? Sure. And it, it, it may defy some people's religions or, or it may you know, get in the way of any fundamentalist view of religion if it's right. not written in there. You know what I mean? So it could be extremely disruptive. To Definitely, it will be. Yeah. So, and so you know, hopefully this uh, slow public discourse of it all will, it, or maybe it's it's part of a plan that uh, 
it uh, having this slow discourse will um, avoid any type of you know massive public panic. Yeah. Or just or, or just disruption, a cultural disruption. You know, it's just it's, the implications are huge. As annoying as this slow trickle of information is, like that, the reasons for it are starting to become more clear. I think to us, right, right. Um, that's not to say it should be held back. Like we're saying, yeah, we get it. There, this yeah, is this right. is some deep consequences, but it's time. Definitely. Well, cool. That was a good one. I like that. Uh, this is this is going to be a, a growing story. So I know we're going to be talking about this a lot. Yeah, I think we'll come back and revisit this one for sure. All right, so that pretty much concludes our podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, listening, everyone. Thanks, Romex, for your uh, insightful uh, banter. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it's always good talking to you and um, look forward to doing it again. Good talking to you as well. Look forward to the next one. Take care, all. <laughs>